All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler, here as always in Wilson, Wyoming. Um, and today with me, I have a very, uh, somebody I've known for a very long time, Levi Falk. Levi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Levi, um, I'm trying to think. So I, I think we first met um, I don't know, like when you were like in third grade and you played football with my brother. Yeah. Would that have to be it? Yeah. Yeah. And my dad was your coach and I was always around the team and, you know, whatever, just hanging out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I forgot that we were on the same, uh, me and Ryan were on the same football team because Chuck was my baseball coach too for a long time. Yeah. And baseball. Yeah. You guys were, but you're younger than Ryan, right? Yeah. One year younger than Ryan. Yeah. So you, so you played with Ryan in a bunch of sports. We got to know each other, and the families got to know each other. And then you obviously went to uh, Centennial for high school, played sports there. Um, and then uh, where did you go first after graduation? Um, after graduation, I went to South Dakota and played there for a little bit. And then, yeah, now I'm at Nebraska. Yeah, at Nebraska. And um, why I so I got super excited when I saw you were transferring there. You know, one because of like that's an incredible opportunity for you to showcase your ability, to continue to play football. That's phenomenal. But two, and I think when we've been texting, I told you about this. But so I have cousins that live in Omaha, and when we were younger, we would always go down there for the, their first game of the season on Labor Day. Oh, okay. Um, like, so I've been to like six Nebraska games, and my uncle that lives there went to Nebraska, and like grew up in like Western Nebraska or something. So he had all the alumni club stuff for us. So we got to have a really fun experience and we would go, our tradition was we'd go over to like your practice fields and we could throw the ball around. Okay. Yeah. With Ryan being quarterback and me being a receiver my whole career. Like that was like the sickest thing ever. Um, so yeah, that's why I was like selfishly like, Oh shit, that's such a cool experience. Cause like those game days are, are so incredible. Yeah, you know him better than I do, considering uh, I didn't have any fans this whole year. So yeah. I have yet to see, like, the whole Memorial Stadium filled up. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. They gave us an extra year yeah. of eligibility, so I get to go back oh. next year and play one more year. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so that would be fun. So it, it's such, experience that. Yeah, it's such a bummer that you guys only got, would you get eight games, seven games? Yeah, eight games, and then Wisconsin canceled. And yeah. like, they wouldn't allow for rescheduling. Yeah. So we only played seven with a chance for a bowl game, and then our team voted no for the bowl game, so now I'm home. Otherwise, I'd be practicing right now for – I think we're going to play a bowl game in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird, like how the – I was looking at it um, – I started looking at the different COVID rules for the conferences once um, when Trevor Lawrence got sick. And yeah. it was weird how, like, some – the conferences can just pick their own rules for it, like – uh, the Big Ten said, like, if you get it, you're out, like, 25 days, no questions asked. Right. Yeah. It's like, the SEC is, like, 10 days, but if you're Nick Saban, three. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, like, he tested positive and coached, like, the next day. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it, the, the ACC was fairly moderate, and it was, like, you know, 14 days and then, like, two positive – or two negative tests. But it, it's – and then they're, like – so the conferences get to say their own rules, but then all the teams are still set on the same – figurative playing field right when you exactly, see like yeah, ohio state yeah. is now in, is selected for the for the playoffs even though they only had eight games right yeah, yeah that, that messed up a lot of things yeah there was a couple of teams that 
like Indiana was like six and one or something. Mm-hmm. And they only lost to Ohio State and then they didn't even get selected for like a big time bowl game. So yeah, it was a big cluster. Yeah. But yeah, now it's over, so it was kinda nice. Yeah. Yeah, and additionally, <laughs> like I mean, I don't know if you've if you had besides besides everybody having dreams of the NFL, I don't know if that was like a goal of yours going into this season, but for guys that might not be so in the spotlight, your ability to showcase yourself got cut down dramatically. You know? Yeah. We had a lot of guys on the team, obviously, that like want to play in the NFL. Yeah. And like now they're in a situation because, oh, shoot. You're skipping out a little bit, but I still got you here. Is it working now? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, if there was like a bunch of guys on the team that, you know, plan on going to the NFL, just having this one last year to prove what they have. Yeah. And then gets cut down eight weeks, a couple of guys get hurt and miss like four. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of stuck in a situation. Do they come back for another year or go to the NFL or try to go to the NFL? Yeah. And I'm friends with a couple of those guys and it's kind of tough to like give them advice because if they go to the NFL and don't get picked up, they can't come back. And so they're, they're stuck in some crappy situations just because of that yeah. shortened season. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, uh, the, the brass tax that I mentioned that I was going to say before we got into this too far. Uh, so I wanted to make a shout out to our sponsor, Snake River Brewing. I'm drinking right now. We're about to open up a Jenny Lake lager. Um, and I just want to highlight that they're starting a new service, a new kind of offering thing. They're doing a barbecue, like a, a barbecue, pound of barbecue um, and some sides type uh, food service, I think right at the beginning of the new year. Um, I got, I was able to sample it last night. They, they, they had a little friends and family sampling session, um, yesterday. So I could try that. It's really good stuff. The brisket, uh, I'm a huge fan of brisket and I, and that was one of the things. So, um, go check that out in the new year, um, and get some beer and support, support a nice local business. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Let me do that. Levi. Oh yeah, no, for sure. So, so back to you. Um, Take take us back to um, right before you make the decision to transfer to Nebraska. Um, what was your thought process in saying like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to transfer. And then when, what was it like to say, I want to transfer to Nebraska, one of the most storied college football programs in America? Yeah. So basically uh, my 2018 year, so that would have been like my sophomore year. I had a pretty good season. Uh, not great by any means, but it was all right. And uh, I had a really good game against a power five school, Kansas State. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of thought, like, if I can do that against them, I kind of want to play at the highest level or whatever. Yeah. And then I play my junior year and get hurt. And um, at that point, I was kind of just done with South Dakota, small town. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd just take a chance on transferring because I, I ended up graduating. So if you graduate, then you don't have to sit out a year uh-huh. uh, for eligibility-wise. So then I enter my name in the portal like that. Yeah. What city is um, University of South Dakota? It's in Vermilion, South Dakota. It's like a town of 10,000. Vermilion. There's like, I want to say, there's like three restaurants you could go eat at. It's like yeah. Subway, like Taco John's, and... I don't even remember. But then, like, once a – because that's when the school shuts down for the summer. We're stuck there. Yeah. So all the restaurants in, like, on campus kind of shut down, and they just leave a couple more open. 
Yeah. And we're there all summer, so you have to deal with that. And I was just kind of done with it. Uh, yeah, I see multiple reasons. I see a lot of kids and plenty of them from Centennial and I think a couple of your buddies, they go to like, you know, they're, they're good athletes. They should be paying and playing in college, uh, but they kind of stretch the division they're in to, and then end up going to a really crappy town like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I don't know why so many people from Centennial go to Northern is it Northern State? Yeah, yeah. In, I've uh, been to that city. Like we in, in college, we played um, the small college in that town. Okay. At Nor- Northern State's stadium, gotcha. and so I've been to that town. I know there's nothing there, but there keeps being this funnel of Centennial basketball players continuing to go there. Yeah. Why no, do we go I never, there? I never have been there. But who, who did like Paige Vitashik go there? She played basketball Paige, there. Paige was like the first one that I can think of, probably just because you know, I was friends with her. Um, and then like a couple other girls and like, didn't, didn't like, what's the kid's last name? Tyler something. He's like, is he your age? Shoot. There was like a couple guy basketball players that went there too. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, it's a, I think it's a D2 or like low D1 program. And like, yeah, I think it's D2. It's in, um, it might be in like Mankato's conference. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but but the point just being like, you know, certainly they should be playing in college, but like they stretch the division that they're trying that they're trying to play in, and then they end up in a crappy town, and they end up feeling probably how you felt in the summers, where it's like there's nothing to do here, and there's like football may not be super busy, the sport, or maybe they get injured and they don't play the sport anymore, or they just don't like the sport anymore, and then they're stuck in like a shitty town in South Dakota. <laughs> Right. Yeah. The the reason I could think of that for that is like it is D two, so you can get scholarship money. Yeah. So maybe they go there just um, get free college, and I mean I still had fun at South Dakota. Don't get me wrong; it just kind of gets long because I was there for like four, three and a half years. Yeah. Like I had my fun, but then yeah, I was like kind of sick of uh, maybe other stuff, not just the town too. Mm-hmm. But the town definitely didn't help, and then. Um, Basically, yeah, to like finish up like my, that uh, part that I was getting at, like when I entered oh, the yeah. portal, mm-hmm. it was like the COVID, and, like COVID kind of hit. Mm-hmm. So I had no, like, I had some like small Northeastern, like small D1 schools like talking to me mm-hmm. and they were like shutting me down basically. Mm-hmm. So then it got like, I don't even know, to like March or April um, where like I had no, no colleges talking to me. Uh-huh. And then, like, Iowa State was, like, the last school that, like, uh, messaged me. And that was, like, my last shot. So I messaged them, and they said I could come if I get in. And I got into the program and texted coach. uh, And then they left me on red, didn't respond. And, like, (laughs) you have to accept your admissions by, like, a certain date. So I'm texting them, like, a couple days before the uh, admission deadline, like, like hello like otherwise like i'm screwed and i don't ever play football again yeah and then like nebraska last second messaged me and uh i got into nebraska and then they were serious about it and brought me in so that's how i ended up at nebraska i think they messaged me like in middle of may and i got there june 1st yeah so i got lucky that's (laughs) that's giving me anxiety just thinking about that yeah to to have your like your you know, if it, say it didn't go the way it did, then your last snap of football was like 
you had no clue it was going to be your last night of football. Right. Exactly. Yeah, even Mankato shut me down. They they said they didn't want to have me. So I was just scrambling, trying to get anywhere. And then, yeah, I, I basically was probably going to be done until um, Nebraska gave me a shot last second. I was grateful That's for that. That's incredible. Yeah. Was it intimidating going in there on your first day? It's, it's a Big Ten school. It's Nebraska. You, you have to go now practice against the Black Shirts, one of the <laughs> most like storied defensive cultures there is in college football. Yeah, I yeah, it was definitely intimidating just like walking into the facilities and like you walk into the stadium and there's a huge Nebraska waterfall yeah. like, in the entrance and like, everything is just like not like South Dakota, not what I'm used to. It's just they have so much money there as you know. Yeah. And yeah, and then we get down to practice and I'm just like running routes and I didn't played football in a while cuz I was at home. Mm. And uh yeah, and then I got up against the defenders, and they're way bigger, way stronger, way faster. Yeah. And then, yeah, you slowly get accustomed to it. And, yeah, now I feel – now it feels fine. But, yeah, that initial uh, initial experience was intimidating for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the game just slows down. I remember my freshman year at Scholastica, I got a couple plays in in the season, and it was like – holy shit, this is violent and everyone's so much faster than me and bigger than me. <laughs> yeah. And then like junior, senior season, I started like almost every game and it was like, you know, so instinctual at that point. I knew what I was doing, knew where I had to be, knew that I could, you know, handle everybody on the field. Like it's so crazy how it happens. Like it, it takes just being on the field and being around that for your body to be like, all right, no, we got this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really is crazy how like that first snap is so much faster by like, that, like you were saying, like that senior year last snap, yeah. the difference in speed that you perceive it as is completely yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we should, um, I should, we should explain the black shirt thing because I don't know if my audience like knows that very well. So the okay. Nebraska defense, and jump in when I say something incorrect, they, for like a while, they've always had like the black jerseys or black practice jerseys on at practice, and that's like the defense's thing, and like, you, uh, it's like a badge of honor when you become like a starter or something. You get to wear that in practice, I think. Yeah, yeah. They go like you have to like earn a black shirt. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like if you go in, t- usually it's the starters, and like you gotta like you know make some plays, and then they they give you uh, the black jersey at like week two of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was this year. Yeah, and, and so when you're at the games in the stands, like the whenever the defense comes out everybody starts like slamming their forearms together in in an x and that's like the symbol for the black shirts coming out and they have their own logo of like skull and crossbones but the but the skull is wearing a nebraska helmet yeah yeah (laughs) and it's like this big thing and they play like hell's bells when it's third down it's like this whole big like scary defense culture thing that they have going on it's really cool when you're not having to go against them i would imagine (laughs) exactly yeah i think that's kind of what they were known for back in the day when they were winning their national championships. Yeah. And yeah, I think they just handed out black shirts to like distinguish at practice, like the offense from the defense. Yeah. And then they gave them to like their star players and it's kind of just stuck. And I honestly don't even know that much about it, (laughs) but yeah, you know, just as much as me, that's what, that's what I gotten from it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like every team, we know in practice, the offense has one color, defense has the other, and you might flip-flop it week to week or whatever. Yeah. And then, but then they just decided, like, okay, defensive starters get black. Yeah. And it, to just create something. And then quarterbacks, I think, do, like, green to stand out like a normal. Yeah. Yeah, and then, at, yeah, at practice. So, like, we have the offense wearing white, let's just say, and the defense wears red, but the black shirts get their own black shirts. So, like, part of yeah. the defense isn't even, like, with – the black shirts stand out from like the backups on the yeah. side of the ball, which is kind of intimidating. If I was like a backup on defense, I wouldn't, I don't yeah. think I'd like that, but yeah. But it's, I mean, all, a lot of college schools have that sort of thing. Like, like uh, Iowa state has their sticker, their Buckeye sticker. It's kind of a similar right. thing. It's like okay. a bad badge of honor to, to, to give to somebody to make, like to show there's some, some specialness on the team. Like, you know, captains are an obvious one or seniors have like something special going on. Right. They do it, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then, so I watched a couple of your games and uh, talk us through what it, what it feels like to step on the field. And I know it's COVID, so there's no fans, but to step on the field in a big 10 college football game and go out there and, and have to perform and do your thing and, you know, do play the game you love. Yeah. So my first game was actually, um, at Ohio State. So oh, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> so that was like a cool way to start it. Uh, probably the most intimidating team that uh, we had to face all year. By far the most intimidating team. Yeah. And it was the first game of the year. So it was on Fox TV. So like we're running out of the tunnel and like the Fox crew was all there. Like yeah. they had like, you know how they sit on that special platform and kind of like broadcast like the pregame stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, coming from South Dakota, you don't get Fox at your games. You get like the local, yeah. local little Midco TV. Yeah. And was like yeah, so that was my first shot at it. What was that? Was like Reggie Bush, one of the anchors that day sitting there? Yeah. It was like Reggie Bush and like Troy Aikman, maybe, I think. Oh, man. That's so we're insane. just running out. And then I saw that. I'm like, oh, crap. And then like the, they have those cameras that like, like follow you around. Like they're not connected. Like, they're on the wires and they kind of just fly around the field. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like the cameras were different. And then um, uh, stepping out onto the field, I, I, yeah, I started that game. And like I lined up against Sean Wade, who was the number one corner in, the, in college football. <laughs> You're seeing him on Sundays next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to get drafted in the first round this year. Yeah. So that was just like a huge shock. But it kind of was nice because like that was the – the best I was going to go against. So it kind of just set the tone. Yeah. And once I got a couple of snaps. It's kind of just like anything else, you know, you, you get a couple of snaps and then you get used to it surprisingly. And, um, yeah, did I think they talk- I one catch that game, but yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, did they talk a lot of shit? Um, is there a lot of shit talking in general when you get up to like that level of college football? You know, Ohio state was actually pretty quiet. Uh-huh. We competed with them for like the first half and they weren't yeah. talking much. And then, uh, and then they just blew us out at the end of the game. I, I don't think they feel the need to talk, talk that much shit, but uh, I'm yeah. trying to think if there was a team that not that um, I guess Purdue, like a dude uh, like try to poke me in the, in the eye uh-huh. and he, he was kind of getting mad uh, cause we were actually in that game. But yeah, not a lot of talking shit, actually. That's surprising. You always hear like, 
I guess less in college, maybe because they, you know, guys now don't want to come off as the top trash talker so they can get drafted. Right. You know, and um, everything's, yeah, everything's on camera. Maybe another yeah. reason too, is we didn't, we ran the ball a lot. Yeah. So I didn't run a ton of routes against people. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to talk shit just cause I was blocking them and I'm not going to say anything for blocking and <laughs> he's a corner. So he doesn't really care if he's getting blocked. Yeah. Stock blocking as receiver is not like a pissing match by any means. It's just no, like, we're just standing there. It's, it's more like stay. It's like more like playing defense in basketball. Just like stay in front of them. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. When I, when I was in college, I started like my first two years I was a receiver and then I moved to be like a tight end in a in a spread offense so i was like the three on a trip oh, slot okay. a lot and then also yeah. going on like connected to the tackle right so i got to do a lot of like blocking of like strong safeties come bearing down on me to like fill that and i could i could cut block a lot i learned how to do that well okay because <laughs> they see me like i was bigger i was like i weighed like 230 when i was a tight end oh so, dang. Shoulder, yeah dude i got big with shoulder pads on, they come running down as hard as they can. Like, oh, I'm going to show this guy. And then I just, whoop, I cut him. You know, that's actually illegal now. Really? Yeah. Cause, like, uh, that was like kind of a nice way to like get out of a really hard collision was just kind of hit him at the knee. Yeah. But now if you're farther than like, I think it's five yards down the field, you can't, you can't cut them. And like, there's other rules too. Like you have to be square with them or they, yeah, we they had, try to minimize that. Yeah. We had some of those too. Where like, like the angle of where you where your head was mattered. Like yeah. you couldn't you couldn't like have your head be pointing backwards to cut them or some shit like that. Right. But you, you know, and it in that situation, it's really easy to keep it legal. Where you know, kind of I kind of break down a little bit as they're coming at me, pretending like I'm gonna just do this at them and then just go down. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a weird thing because it's you. We all see, have seen people tear their ACLs getting cut. But yeah, it's such a, it's just like such a, until these rule changes, I guess it was such a common thing going on for sure. But yeah, that was, um, to get back to your question about like just playing in the big 10. Yeah. I was like, that was like the scariest moment or like in, most intimidating was Ohio state. But then, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, like I said, it was good to start off with those guys. It doesn't get worse than that after, so. Yeah, definitely. Was it weird? Were you, like, a big Gophers fan growing up at all? I, I was. I always wanted to play for the Gophers. Uh, was it weird up. going and playing against them then? Yeah, that was, that was actually the only game I got hurt. Uh-huh. So I started that game, and then I actually pulled my calf on the first drive. Oh, fuck. That. So I missed, the, I missed the whole game, and I, I couldn't – uh, get my calf feeling good. Like they took me into that tent mm. and they put me on this table and they like, all right, we're giving you a special tape job. And then like they said, lean over. So I like, leaned over and I didn't know what they were doing. I thought I was like messing up the table. And then they stuck me in the butt with a Toradol shot. What like, the fuck? It's like a painkiller shot. And I was like, what? Like I thought like they mentioned that they were going to maybe give me a shot. <laughs> and they just stuck me right in the butt. Dude, that's like something from a movie. That's like... I know. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we're going to do that shot. Uh, whatever. And then, yeah, it didn't, it didn't help at all. And I missed the whole game. So That's fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> I know. I, I, th- I mean, there's always been like that, that 
theory that that's what the tent is for so they can just stick you guys full of like random drugs to get you back out there yeah that's exactly what happened <laughs> but toradol is one that i'm familiar with that's not that bad that's yeah, like not- a common like painkiller uh like a it's more like an iv version of of advil yeah so it's right. not like yeah when you say okay. otherwise i probably would have been a little mad if they stuck me with like some opioid or uh, something. yeah yeah or like uh What's the one, what's the thing that you can inject into like a joint and it makes it feel okay? Oh, shoot. I'm like not old, sure. Like old, old players will always get it in like their oh, knees. the cortisone? Cortisone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like glad a they mid-game didn't. cortisone. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't stick me with that. Or the, remember the game, so I'm a Packer fan, a couple years ago when, the, when um, they played the Bears on the first game of the season and Aaron got hurt early. Oh, yeah. Early, and yeah. we thought he fucked up his knee again. Or uh, on that play, I mean, and then he came back out, and he's like Just giggling on the sidelines, and he played a great game. And then in the yeah. post game interview, he was like, he seemed like he was stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all giggling. Yeah, all my roommates in college were Packers fans, so I was watching that game, and we were all like, "What is he?" We didn't really know that's what they they did. Yeah. Like, Why is he acting all weird? And yeah, now I probably figured out they probably stuck him with some crazy something real good. Like Aaron, you're yeah. you're still playing. You're fine. <laughs> Yeah, and he played really well, too. Yeah, with Cleo Max, big ass, bearing down on him. Right. Awesome. Um, so you said you graduated. Did you, did you take – were you taking any, like, post-grad classes at Nebraska then? Did yeah, you? so I, I started um, the MBA program in Nebraska. Sweet. So I just finished my first semester with that, and I'm probably going to try to finish it now that they gave me that extra year. Mm-hmm. So – I think I'm going to do that, but after after I get that, I do not know what I want to do. What's your all. What's your uh, bachelor's in? Uh, just business administration. So I'm going to get the MBA, and I'm not specializing in anything, so I'll just business administration all the way. Yeah, no, that's definitely good. I mean, I I don't have a I don't have a master's, and I'm doing just fine. So just getting yeah. that <laughs> that is a step ahead of a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have gone for my master's, but we have to take classes. And I wasn't going to do like the whole take golf and yoga. Yeah. I might, I might as well stay productive and uh, do a couple of business classes. And that being online, online yeah. classes are pretty easy. That's one thing. As I think back to those Nebraska games, they always had a lot of importance on um, at least highlighting the academic achievements of the team. And yeah. when I've been to like um, – I bet I guess I've been to Gophers games, not only in, in other games, but it seemed like they made a good a good focus on the academics of their players and whether that's you know how simulated that is because we all know that D one teams have like study guides and um oh, yeah. what do they have in, in Blue Mountain State they have just the nerds to do the homework for them yeah there's probably a little bit <laughs> of that going on but at least that they talk about it, I thought was cool and they talked about like oh he's going to graduate early with this and he's going to blah blah blah. I yeah, they, I think they make an emphasis on that to like to help with recruiting. Honestly, probably like if the parents see that yeah. their kids graduating, um, a lot a lot of the stuff in football I feel like is just for recruiting. But at the end of the day, it, it works both ways. Like it, it's a win win, you know, uh, for the kid like getting the degree, for and uh, the parents seeing that they get the degree will probably help them influence the decision. Yeah, yeah, sure. just that sheet of paper. In the past, it's been, like, of the most importance just to get that first job. Right. And I think it's – I think that 
I think that importance is diminishing a little bit right now when it's when you see um, when you see like these statistics of how much college tuition has uh, grown in the last like twenty years, yeah, versus like how much those initial jobs salaries have grown. It's like not comparable. And then, oh, not at all. And they break it down of like, okay, the, the tuition's going up and they're saying it's for better education or like whatever, better facilities, whatever. But statistically, college administration and administrators are the category where the most money has gone into from the new tuition money. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, like percentage wise, you know, more teachers, facilities and new curriculum, they've all gone up also, but not nearly as much as the percentage of uh, or like the number of administration administrative roles in the colleges have like that's gone up dramatically huh yeah that's yeah that's tough for sure uh yeah college is it's almost like you don't even like need to go to college anymore yeah i mean some majors and some careers right. you know, for sure you have to taylor's a nurse probably got to yeah. do all the medical fields to go to college yeah, probably got to have them go. Um, but like a lot of business, like, and I mean, you see like Elon Musk and the guys that the leaders at Google, they talk that uh, like, I think I saw a statistic, something like in last year, like 15 or 20% of Google's new hires didn't have degrees. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not surprising though. Yeah. Cause you hear like, like Elon Musk, I've seen like videos of him saying like, yeah, you don't have, you don't need a college degree. And then you obviously know like Steve Jobs and all those famous people. Yeah, all those billionaire degree. stories. Yeah. And yeah, it is from the business side. So don't get me wrong. Like yeah, science majors have to go, but yeah. Um, yeah. Business wise, it's, um, it would have been a tough decision for me if I didn't have to go to school to play football. So I don't know if I would have for sure like wanted to go to college and, take classes yeah i mean i obviously i didn't i didn't like school that much either but for me it was always like you know i i do i'd play like d2 or d3 and that's mm. not like a route to the nfl so i was like okay i need to know i know i need to have a career and um the couple of jobs i had in college they kind of prepped me to like to where i figured out i liked marketing and sales so that's where I was like, okay, this could be a real career. So then instead of just, I kind of took my major instead of just what they had in the canned idea of what it is. Uh, right. And I have a marketing and management degree. Um, instead of just doing papers and, and tests, um, Alex Marolt and I, have you, have you seen him around lately at all? No, uh, I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. So um, him and I, were in the, we, he went to Scholastica too, and we were in the same majors. We had a lot of classes together. So we just decided to, instead of doing like tests and papers, we went and would do projects, do marketing projects with actual businesses in Duluth. And then we'd present them to the teacher or like do a little write up on it um, and tell them what we're doing and all this stuff. And that's how we got our grades. And it was, we always got really good grades in our marketing classes because we're doing the actual stuff. Right. Okay. Just, yeah. As opposed to just like, textbook yeah and, and that worked so much better for us and it, it was it's funny when we look back on that because it was us going out to small businesses preaching you need to be doing digital marketing you need to be doing google ads and social media 
and then we'd help them do it and help them set it up. And then we turn around a few years later and we start a company that does that for small businesses. And we're like, we kind of know what we're doing already. We've done, we've done this. Right. Yeah. And that's where we see, if you see anything from rural to me marketing, that's Alex and I started that company. Right. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been keeping up with that for sure. Yeah. So if you want, want, if you want to do some work with that, if you like getting into digital marketing, if that's kind of your thing, we could probably find some work for you. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely like leaning towards the marketing sales, just, uh, you know, working with people and like relationships wise, rather than like the hardcore numbers sitting at a desk. Yeah. I can't do that. That would be ideal. Yeah. I can't do numbers. I can do numbers when there's a dollar sign in front of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not really any, like, I can't do like statistics or like shit like that. Yeah. The Um, analytics and all that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my, that's kind of my side job right now. But my main job, my main job is I sell software to banks for a big tech company called FIS. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you have any questions on like either side, like sales or marketing, like how to get into it, how to speak to getting those jobs, or even like if you're into FinTech, like I could get you into that company too. Yeah, um, that'd be definitely something I'd be looking for. Definitely. Dude, I wanted to ask you about uh, hiking. I know you're obviously yeah big hiker. And I did my first hike. Uh, and it was like the, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park. And we did the keyhole. Have you heard of that? No, the keyhole. I'll look it up. Yeah, I just pulled it up. But uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. Keyhole. And then I think, yeah, it's like Long's Peak or the keyhole on Long's Peak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's funky. Yeah, it was, What's this little fort? I, th- I guess that's what they call the keyhole. And like we, and then like once you get to the top, there's like a little fort that you can go into. Yeah, did it, it did was like, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> did sure. did the national park build that, or did like Indians build that? I have no idea. I didn't know. I'm guessing the national park. Yeah, I only ask because like this is such a cool hike. How long did it take you? It took so long. We so we woke <laughs> up at like three a.m. Yeah. Because the, the parking lot fills. Yeah. So like we had to get to the parking lot and then we got there and it was already filled. So we had to park like kind of like a ways out, like half a mile. Mm-hmm. I think we started at like four and we got to the top at like, I think it was 11, 1130. Nice. So yeah, that was like my first experience with the hike. Wish I would have started off with something easier. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking like, at this. I'm looking at the stats of this thing. So it's, it says 12.4 miles round trip. Yep. Um, trailhead elevation of 9,400. Elevation gain, 3,800. Um, highest elevation, 13,000. Yeah, we got That's up to major. the... We got up to like that. So like, you know where like that keyhole, like where you, like that little uh, circle in the middle of those rocks? Yeah. So we got up to there and I guess there's a whole nother part where you have to like scale the mountain yeah, and you go up another thousand feet of elevation. And we didn't do that part because there's like another mile and a thousand feet up and like you had to like scale part of it. Yeah. And that's cool. We, we were all like super exhausted by the time we got up there and I was with all of my teammates uh, from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We get up there like dying and then a 13 year old girl like <laughs> ran by us 
yeah. like looked at the view that we were at and she's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then just goes up and scales the mountain and yeah. just killed us. That's so, awesome. Yeah. But that was, a, that was a really good experience. Cause I never hiked before and like I've done some mini hikes. So I'm like, uh, it just like seems like work and like yeah. not really that cool of a view. But once you get into like probably Jackson hole and that, I was like, okay, now I see why people love, love this yeah. shit. We don't, yeah, we don't hike for the hike. I mean, there's a little bit of like the fitness aspect that's good, but we hike for the peak. We hike right. for the summits. There's yeah. like something, some addictive nature for some crazy people like me that the summit is just like, it just, um, I've heard it described as like a reverse gravity, okay. you know? where it's like pulling you up to it and you can like become, you can like lose sight of like danger and the, the effort it'll take to get up there just to get up to that peak to see what it's like up there and feel what it's like to look out up there. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause like we didn't, we got, it was like a little summit or like we got to like the peak uh, yeah. of like that in particular mountain. And it was like, I never seen anything like it. Yeah. And like uh, walking down has felt so good. Like, just like the reward. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's really what made me like, okay, this is why people like it. Yeah. I didn't understand that before. Did you get a good view of the sunrise when you were going up there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause like I said, we started at three. Mm -hmm. So we actually got pretty far up the mountain by the time the sun rose. And when the sun was rising, we kind of took a break and like sat on the rocks and watched it. And it was, yeah, that was yeah. insane. Sunrise up high are like, a different they're ba they're like a different sunrise than if you're just even in the valley for floor here which is six thousand sixty two hundred feet versus uh -huh. like up in the mountains when you're when you're having an alpine start that's it's just different yeah no yeah it's completely different colors and the, like the before the sunrise like the stars yeah you, like the stars look cooler i don't know it's just awesome and then like the people that you hike with like it was a really popular hike mm-hmm and like people are super friendly on the trail. Like it was pretty dark out. So we actually took a wrong turn with a group of people. <laughs> and like, we got, I got to like laugh about that. Like we went like probably like half a mile off course <laughs> in the pitch black and um, people were bringing like tents up and yeah. they'd like sit at the bottom, like do the first part of the hike and then tent out. Yeah. So yeah, people really get into that. And I feel like I would be interested in that. They do. Yeah. Like there's so many, I don't know if it's like the the nature of the activity draws in just like happy people or people just are happy because they're hiking and they have the, the excitement of doing the peak or whatever. Yeah. Not sure which one it is, but it seems like every time I see people out on the trail, they're happy. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. There's so many times the, the both times that I climbed the middle Teton, which is, uh, over 6,000 feet of vert, thir 13 miles, I think. And it's like um, the second tallest peak in the Tetons and the third tallest peak in Wyoming. Wait, so on your hike, you gained 6,000 feet of elevation? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the same amount, in roughly the same amount of distance as that hike was. And so it's almost double the elevation gain that you guys had. Yeah. And I barely made it. I almost quit like three times. Yeah. I need to, I need to work at it and uh, yeah. maybe come out to Jackson. And yeah, test that one out. 
I will, I'll come out here and kick your ass or you can come out here and oh, I'll kick your ass. No doubt. I had, um, did you, do you know, did you met Riley Tuff? Did you ever meet Riley Tufty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he actually, I don't know if this is a place to announce it or if I'm allowed to, but he just got engaged with Morgan, his girlfriend. Like okay. Two days ago. And so Morgan's sister is my girlfriend's best friend. Okay. So then Riley and then uh, her sister's boyfriend, Tim, we're all, you know, we all hang out. And so the, Tim and Riley came out um, here in the fall. And I was giving them shit the whole time. Like, I'm going to kick your ass up all of these hills. Like, tell your coaches that you're going to come back in shape because I'm going to be running you up the mountains. Right. <laughs> and it, he was just dying the whole time because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just different in shape. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially hockey. That's like quick intervals. Like, what is it? Yeah. You're, you're on the ice for like a minute, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I've never played. I never played hockey. So I don't really yeah. know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it's just like, like, I'm sure you could kick my ass in the gym and so could Riley, but, but I just climb these things and I live at elevation. So my body just knows how to operate without any oxygen. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I suck at those. I, I don't even like going to Colorado. Like, to like when I go to Denver, I feel shitty for like a day and a half or two days. So my yeah. body just can't get adjusted to the elevation. Yeah, most a lot much of Colorado, like the places people go, is higher than here. Okay. Jackson's not like crazy high up as in the scale of like mountain towns. So I'm at I'm at sixty two hundred right here. Let's see what Denver Denver elevation is. Denver elevation is five thousand two hundred seventy nine. But that's on the you know that's at the very bottom of anything right. that you're doing in in Colorado. So they have Colorado's famous for their 14ers, their 14,000 foot mountains that people can climb. Gotcha. And uh, the Grand Teton is like 13,775, so just under that. Okay. Yeah. So there's some higher things in Colorado than here. Um, but what makes the Teton special, and I was kind of pointing this out before we started recording, um, the Grand the Grand is 40 minutes from my house. I could sleep in my own bed and then go <laughs> climb it tomorrow. And that's yeah. in the middle. I slept in my own bed, woke up early and climbed the middle and came back to my own house. What time um, do you have to like wake up for that? Pretty early? About the time you guys did. I think we started at like 3.30, 3.30-ish. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's one of the, that's like the hardest part. Just waking up at three thirty. Yeah, knowing that you have a full hike in front of you. Yeah, and I, I couldn't really sleep before because I was excited and nervous and all this stuff, and so you don't get good sleep. Yeah, you know? but it's just like the determination of like we're doing this peak, the addiction of like doing the summit, and um, the second time I did it, I guided Ryan up there, so I was like extra nervous because like I had done it once, I know my way around the mountains, you know as well as good enough for somebody who's been here for two years. Uh-huh. But I'm like, shit, if like something happens to Ryan, I'm never going to hear the end of it. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I'm nervous that I'm keep to keep him safe. Cause I don't know like what his fitness is. I know he kind of works out, but like he doesn't do this stuff. Well, yeah. And he's an accountant. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he's an accountant. He's going to listen to this and he's going to call me when he, when he hears these jokes or call you. I don't know if he has your number. But whenever I make jokes about him, like he calls me when he's listening to it. And he's like, dude, that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> suck um, it, Ryan. Cause you're an accountant. Yeah. 
Um, hold on one second. I'm going to put my, see if I can get some more, some better light in here. The sun's setting right now and the light is, the only light I have in my office is that one. Oh yeah. How's this going to work? That looks better. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Poor Ryan. He, (laughs) um, yeah, so he's starting his busy season now. So it's a really big bummer that he can't come out. He basically now can't come out to ski unless he comes out like Christmas week in the future. Oh, geez. Because he's an accountant. Is your family coming out for Christmas or are they staying here? Um, they're going to stay there because um, like many ski resorts, we uh, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort did like the system where you have to reserve the days oh, okay. to go and the Christmas to New Year's week. The skiing days have been reserved for, since like November. Oh. Like since they opened, obviously, because everybody, everybody, that's like the biggest week for the ski resort. Yeah, I bet. And that's, yeah, and that's when they would come out. Um, I think Chuck, actually, Ryan might come out, maybe might come out in like January or something, but Chuck will for sure be out here for a while um, because he got an early retirement package from his company. No way. So, yeah, that starts on January 4th. So he has 2021 off basically but he's not like he's not old enough to fully retire so he's going to take the year off and then get another job after the year um so he's so he like like this weekend he was in scottsdale just hanging out like he's not really doing a ton because in minneapolis you can't really do anything oh yeah going to the cabin a bunch and he'll just come out here i think he's going to bring the his snowmobiles and um i don't know if he'll stay at my place for a while or he has a he has a timeshare here too and um just stay there for like a month <laughs> but yeah he's gonna love hard. that yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah so like if there was any like it's kind of knowing that that's an option i know not all companies do that but it kind of like reinvigorated my motivation to like oh shit if i like do something really good for a company for a long time i could get like early retirement and what yeah. and what they did i'm not gonna tell you the numbers but they just gave him like what he would normally earn in a year in one lump sum to say oh. you're done like no way go away yeah that is, yeah that would be kind of nice yeah <laughs> and and then he since he's he's in sales too he just tried to sell his ass off since they offered it to him to when it when it happens to get some commission checks to stack on top of that too jeez yeah yeah, he's going to have fun with that. What's he doing in Scottsdale? Is he, does he golf or no? Yeah, he golfs. Golfs okay. and bumming around mostly. Yeah, for sure. He, but he got, a, uh, he got like some surgery on his foot, so he's kind of been working back to getting into golf and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, so he'll be hanging around. And then Cam, and you, you know my stepbrother Cameron, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah, Cam and Tucker Treadle and Joe Koontz and uh, the Gronies are going to come out to a snowmobile. Um, oh yeah they have some sick snowmobiles yeah yeah there's a the one of the one of the mountain passes to come into our valley there's like it's only three um is like the biggest mountain snowmobiling place in in america but maybe number two um but there's like lodges and there's a full trail system so they're gonna go out there and um i think i'll probably go guide them around for a day show them show them what to do yeah they love that yeah Uh, another thing i wanted to ask was like when you talk about the fresh powder, <laughs> like I've never, like I've only snowboarded in Minnesota uh-huh. and like 
I just wanted you to like explain like wait so like is it's way crazier like way better to have it's, like actual snow rather than like troll hog and snow it's way better like for so I'll I'll tell you I'll answer that question in kind of a roundabout way Minneapolis gets about 40 to 50 inches of snow every a year okay the total snowfall numbers um Jackson averages 500 oh, inches yeah. a year. <laughs> we will, we're almost getting there, but our snowpack in the mountains, like, so that's what's on the ground, will get to about 150 inches on the ground or two feet on the ground, depending on the elevation. I mean, okay. 200 inches on the ground. Oh, okay. And going through, I mean, uh, going down groomers is, is fun sometimes, but what's addicting is going through pow through going through powder and it's like you're surfing but you're on snow okay and the like, snowboard goes into like this like it does, it's not just sitting on top of the top layer the whole time like you kind of go in to the yeah you go a little bit but if you're going fast enough you float on it snowboards are really they have a lot of float to them okay um, skis will go more into it um, but snowboarding, everyone says like surfing on a snow, surfing pile on a snowboard is like unbeatable. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to try that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's addicting. Like the first time you get a real pile today, you will never forget it. It's, it'll always be, you'll always be comparing every single day you go out to that day going forward to think like, oh, this isn't as good or it's almost as good or whatever, like to your best day. Right. It's a really addictive sort of thing. Yeah, I got really into snowboarding. Like, we had like that snowboard club in middle school, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got addicted to that. Like, that was super fun. But then, like, yeah, now that I've gotten older, like, I go to Trollhog and like once a year with some buddies. Yeah, and it's like an hour in, and it's like, all right, we need to go to freaking Jackson Hole and <laughs> go do, go do some real stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and and then uh, the specific kind of snow here, since we're farther north and we have really dry air it's really light and they call it cold smoke or cowboy pow where when you make like when you when i slash it like it throws up it looks like smoke or steam it doesn't look like pow that's how like light it is that's why this one stands out and each each different uh area has different types of snow based on the moisture level so ours is really light and dry so is like montana's um and then in like around Lake Tahoe, since they have more moisture coming right from the ocean for their snowfall, mm-hmm. their snow is a lot wetter and heavier and they'll get more of it. But they call that a nickname for that snow is Sierra cement because okay. like it's heavier and wetter. So when it falls and then it like just compacts together and then you're on just, you know, Makes cement. Sense. I assume it'd be more fun to like snowboard on your guys' type of snow, right? Uh, they have really good spring stuff and a powder day anywhere is fantastic. Um, but I think it's like, I mean, ours gets packed down too. That's just, just, we just have drier snow because of drier air, but yeah, it's different, man. It's like, I, we've been coming to Jackson hole since like 2004 or something as a family. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing as you, like I snowboarded at Trollhagen and whatever, and it was great. And then you get, a couple of days at a real ski resort and it's like even a groomer day or a spring day it's like oh this is this is different this is like not even the same sport you know right yeah. jackson Hole mountain resort is 
uh, over 4,000 vertical feet um, in the resort. So that's how far you can ride down. You could do one, one tram lap. You would ride all that from the top all the way to the bottom. And how long does that usually take? Like all the way, all the way through for like a normal person, probably like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That's another huge difference. Cause like yeah. Trollhagen is like a couple of minutes, a minute. Yeah. yeah one minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one level once you get to like a real ski resort. And then the next level is like, if you get grace with a powder day at a real ski resort, then it's like, this is a totally different sport. It's like, you know, even like the muscle movements and stuff aren't even the same from like a groomer day to a powder day mm-hmm. because, you know, groomer day, you can just rip around and use your edges and a powder day, you can't really use your edges. You're surfing, you're more on your back foot, different boards, different everything. It's like almost not even the same thing. And then take that a step further, which is kind of is where I'm at now going into the back country for a lot of it. And I have what I call what's called a split board. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I listened to your last podcast with uh, I forget his Alex. name. Yeah, yeah, Alex, yeah. Alex, Alex. I listened to that and then like looked at a couple of his Instagram videos. Like, is that what nuts. he was riding? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he so splitboard cool. is the main route, a main way for snowboarders to just move around the backcountry, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so you can walk on the snow. Like skiers have the regular skis, but they have different bindings for yep. for touring. But splitboarding is for snowboarders, and you know you can break it down into walk. You can walk up things on your skis. Right. Um, which is just your broken down snowboard. So then I got into that. And then that's like a whole different way to love snowboarding where I can do it with my dogs. I'm only ever riding powder pretty much. I have to work for every run that I do. Um, so fitness is like a bigger piece of it. Like, and, and, and that guy, Alex and I talked about it. Like it's, he doesn't even go to the resort at all anymore after yeah. getting it, after like getting that, that rush of riding pow all the time. It's it's just different and it's so cool. Let's see. Let's try this. Oh, this yeah. is a it's a ring light. Yeah, I've it's seen like a couple of my friends uh, that are girls have that for you know their Instagram, TikTok, TikTok, and yeah, this is it's like a mirror. It's like a makeup mirror and light for Taylor, but it's the same ring light thing that like all they use. So I have right. it for if, for doing podcast stuff. Nice. The camera likes this kind of light. <laughs> This hat looks good. Look at this. So this is one of our marketing clients, Jackson Hole Stillworks. Okay. It's the only distillery in Jackson Hole. They do two gins and a vodka. So shout really? out to them, Chaz and Trav. Yeah, that's a nice logo too. Yeah, it's like, so obviously this is the Tetons and the, like, the sun or the moon. And then these like bolt looking things. This, is, this outline is what um, a still is what stills have this sort of like window to look into the tank on right. it so that's what that is that, that's yeah that's creative which i didn't i didn't know for like so long before they explained that to me <laughs> but yeah snowboarding i've been out um 13 days this year already really and it's just it's just so much fun like doing it with the dogs riding powder um i don't think i talked about on the last episode but um taylor and i just got our avalanche one certification okay it's like the base level certification to know how to like um read the snowpack and determine its riskiness for for an avalanche do an avalanche rescue like very base level knowledge of that and then how to like plan and plan your route and stay safe and mitigate risk 
in the backcountry. So okay, yeah. I know That's at a nice. base level how I, how to rescue somebody out of an avalanche. I don't want to, <laughs> but, but yeah, so we just got that. So that's like part of the process of, you know, learning more about the avalanche staying, uh, the avalanches and staying safe in the back country. Yeah. That's smart. I wouldn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're real. I've, I've caused like one little mini slide and it was safe because it, it's, it dropped down into a gully that nobody was in. I stayed above it. The dog stayed above it and it wasn't very big, but, um, Ooh it's sketchier than you might think. Like you can see, you can watch videos and be like, Whoa, that's a big, that's a lot of snow. But once it's, it's, you don't really fully get it until you're on top of it and you see it crack. And then in a second, in a snap of a finger, it's going like 80 miles per hour down a hill. It surprised me how fast it accelerated. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Yeah. Cool. So did you, um, so you're just going to hang out in, in circle pines for the holidays and then what jeez yeah i guess i i thought it'd be more fun than <laughs> than this i mean yeah it seems like everything's shut down um the blizzard right now i can't go anywhere yeah but i think i think i'm here until the 7th and then i go back and i'm actually do um i'm actually gonna play baseball on there to on the nebraska team <laughs> oh yeah because you didn't you didn't you start you didn't you first commit to baseball at South Dakota? Yeah, at South Dakota State. South Dakota State. Uh, I had a scholarship to go there, and I signed, like on that national signing day or whatever. Yeah. And then my coach left, so uh, I didn't really want to like play baseball after like second thought, but like I signed, so I had to. But then once he left, that kind of gave me an out. Yeah. And. Like, I, yeah, like, um, to go further back, I didn't, like, play football in college. I, like, originally decided to do that because I was hurt my whole high school career, basically. Yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just play baseball. But then, yeah, once he left, I was like, all right, I'll take a shot and just play football at South Dakota. Because Tyler Peterson, I'm not sure if you know him. That's the kid I was thinking of earlier. Oh, he, he went to South Dakota. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he went to South Dakota and played basketball there. Yeah. And he, like, kind of got me connected with the football coaches, and they said they'd take me. So yeah, I just walked on there instead. But, yeah, Scott Frost is, like, our head coach at Nebraska, and he's, he was, like, uh, all for me playing baseball, and he's talked to the baseball coaches. So I think I'm going to do that and that kind of – That's cool. Uh, what what position do you play in baseball? Um, I play shortstop. I probably won't, like – I probably won't even play on this team. Yeah. I'll probably be, like, an emergency backup outfielder. I was like going to say, maybe I was going to say like, yeah, a wide receiver in the big 10 should probably be an outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like probably you're, outfield. You're, yeah. Just track down balls, run around. <laughs> then that gets me out of winter conditioning and strength and conditioning. So I can kind of just do a baseball workout rather than off season yeah. football workout, which those are, uh, those with. are dark days. Seriously. Like literally and like figuratively. No. Yeah. You wake up and it's pitch dark out. It's, cold like yeah you went you went to Duluth and I yeah. went to South Dakota yeah so yeah you wake up and it's freezing cold out and it's like 5 a.m and then you gotta do a football workout yeah like you just wake up like it's freezing cold because your house because you're in college you're not going to heat your house very well right and it's the pitch blackout I literally I'd sit in my car before I would walk into the you know the facility and be like fuck yeah, I uh, get myself to go because like it's there. freezing. 
I don't want to do this, but I want, but I have to get better. And yeah, <laughs> we would have a thing. So uh, I think Wednesday nights was the, it was like a bowling special somewhere. So we'd all okay. go, always go out and drink. It was like a pitcher, like a beer pitcher special. So uh-huh. we go out, get blasted. And we call th- our Thursday workout our puke and rally Thursdays. Oh God. <laughs> but I'll be throwing up because we're all hung over in there. And it's like, we'd all like a, a number of guys would have to go to the 6am session because of classes. Right. And that, that was the thing. That was the worst one. Yeah. That winter is probably the worst part about football. That's when like a lot of people quit. Like did a lot of people quit on your guys' team? Like yeah. from your freshman class, like I bet you, yeah, not too many people make it freshman to senior year. Yeah. We had a ton, like I'm trying to think, I think the whole team, my freshman year when I started, like when camp started, I guess, would, was like 150 maybe, mm-hmm. which is pretty big for a D3 program. Like you don't see – like St. John's has a shit ton, but no other teams have like over – they've like around, around 100. Okay. Um, and then, you know, camp weeded some guys out because of, because of being, it being Scholastica. A lot of like small-town high school kids came out thinking they were the shit because they were like all state in 1A, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like – like and I and I was like I was like all conference honorable mention in five A, which is now we're now in six A. Yeah. And I was like leagues ahead of them, you know. Right. Because we're playing against guys that, like, oh yeah. I was playing against Duke Anyanwu and guys who actually, a couple of them are now like in the league and like you know like real play real high school players. It's for sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah, we were in a pretty good conference too. Like we might have been in like one of the best conferences for when you yeah. were in high school five A. Yeah. Some big high schools in there. Yeah. Like we had like our big games were like Anoka, Champlin, Blaine. Or we didn't play Blaine my senior year, but um, those three, like Park Center. Yeah. Obviously. Maple Grove, right? Maple Grove, yeah. They're, they're ballers. Yeah. But yeah. And they're like, there's some, there were some freaking dudes in that conference. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hi, mister. My dog just walked in. Oh. Hi, Bridger. How many, how many dogs do you have now? We have two. So this two. is Bridger. He's, he's the wolf dog. And then Maverick. Mav, come here. Mav is Taylor's, and he's all husky. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, where was I going with that high school thing? Oh, yeah, the, the people quitting. Yeah. So, you know, camp weeded out all those guys who are like, they really shouldn't be in any sort of college football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the season started and guys weren't playing what they thought they would be. Um, a lot of it was because it was like small school kids that were like the dude for four years at, you know, Mora or something. <laughs> yeah. I say that because I can't think of anybody actually from Mora. So that's good. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. but places like that where they're like, what do you mean? I started all four years and I set records and now I can't even play. I'm like, well, like this is a little bit different. Yeah. And then so a lot of things quit after that and then like season ends and then they're like, I don't really like football as much as I thought I did. And, you know, stuff happened with, stuff happened with school where guys don't make grades and stuff and all happens. And probably our freshman class probably went from like 50 to like 20 real quick. Yeah. It happens quick. And I think, then I think we've, I finished my senior year. Bridger, excuse me. I'm having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> He already had dinner, but he just wants attention. Um, and I think I finished with like maybe 10 seniors. Yeah, so 50. Yeah, so 
Yeah, it was basically like it goes from like so many guys. Like, oh my gosh, one second. No worries. Stopping the podcast for a dog is like a super common occurrence for me. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so it starts with like a whole floor of dudes that you're all friends with, and then it like I'm thinking at the end of it, it was like two houses that I'm now all those are all my best friends and that was the whole grade you know yeah that's how it was for me too started yeah started off with probably right like 40 I think it was ours was like 40 kids yeah and then I swear by the end of it at South Dakota I was friends with like my roommates from my class yeah and like another house yeah so it was like two houses from my class and that's about it honestly yeah it's so weird how like I remember thinking like when all those guys were quitting because they were just like, I don't really like it or whatever. It was, it was like a lot of it was just like, they didn't really want to work hard. Yeah. That's definitely what it is. Like, yeah. I, I definitely didn't go into college with this incredible work ethic, but I just knew I wanted to play football. It was like a true love for me. Right. Um, and there's only one way to do it. Like you have to go to the workouts. Like yeah. I didn't have a strong work, work ethic either. Yeah. But like once it, they structure it for you and like, you have no other choice to wake up at five. Otherwise you can't play football. So it's like, all right, kind of have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, you want to get better too. Like eventually that comes out, comes out in you and says, Oh, you know, I, it goes from like a thing you have to do to a thing you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're in, and and it kind of the culture building of like having the older guys um, enforce it. It's like, if you didn't do your workout or you didn't bust your ass hard enough or like, you you fuck something up and had everybody have to do a plank for a minute longer you got you heard it you know yeah. so it's like you're like in there stepping on eggshells like i need to do i don't want to piss anybody off i don't want to piss coach off because like probably all weightlifting coaches are just crazy hard asses and that's yeah. like what you need and as that as that role and it's, it's like you just want to not get yelled at not piss off your brothers like do things for your brothers to get them out of there as fast as possible Exactly. Yeah. Like I think it was, it just happened at Nebraska. We had some dude like mess up and like didn't finish all the way through a line or something. Yeah. And then they made everyone except for him, like run laps around the field. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. So he had to watch all of us run and like, that's gotta be the work. Like that should that guy should never mess up again because if, if I were to have to like watch my team run around the lap because of me, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would, I probably wouldn't happen again. Hated that. Yeah, I'm. Sh- and I'm sure every team we had, we had a a really big lineman that probably shouldn't have been on the team. Like he didn't play ever. He was just too overweight to play. Like didn't right. have anything. He was always that guy where like, you know, didn't touch the line, was the last <laughs> to finish, or like didn't make the time to make us all have to run it again, or like. We did a lot of one of our one of our weightlifting coaches was big on like hanging abs, so like you hang from the pull up bar and like pull your legs up and do shit like that, and like he couldn't hold himself up, and so we kept having it. We'd have to do it over and over again because he couldn't do a set. Yeah, that it gets it to a like point God here. damn it! If this dude physically can't do it, but they're still punishing him, like that's when it's like, did he last very long in the program or not really? I mean, he he was in the program all four years, and so I got to oh, hand it to him for just practicing basically scout team practicing for four years yeah you know yeah, but some... i mean they didn't like they didn't like torture him it was like they gave him a couple tries and they made everybody else do it and then like since we actually could do the reps we felt more pain than him 
Right. But then it was like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The strength coaches definitely just have fun with that too. Like being yeah. in power and telling people what to do. Yeah. And there's a fine line where it's like, you know, I now, my work ethic now, and especially stuff like when I'm working out and just any sort of physical thing comes from being harped on my, that freshman year, but right. because that coach was a hard ass. And then in like my junior and senior year, it was more coming from me where I didn't need to be harped on, but others yeah. did. And it was kind of like that ebb and flow of like, you know, freshmen probably all need that with the, with a few exceptions, but yeah. the guys that are around for three, four years, they're doing it for, because they love it and want to get something out of it. So they may, they may not need it as much, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely good that it happened to what, yeah. to what we were talking about before, how you were thinking, you were saying maybe you didn't, you wouldn't have gone to college if it wasn't for football. Right. I don't think I'd be anywhere nearly as hard of a worker if I wasn't if it wasn't for football. Yeah, I agree with that too. And and it's cool how like the strength coaches uh like harp on you freshman year, but then like, you know, once you get past that freshman year, they kind of become cooler with you. Yeah. And it's cool to get to that point and like the freshmen see that, so like they just know like you just got grind out one year and uh they'll loosen up on you once you kind of get the message through your head. Show that you're a hard worker and like re and like readjust your own attitude towards it. You know, like mm-hmm. I knew so when uh, like junior winter workouts into senior or into the summer and then into senior year, I was like, you know, I have one more year of football forever. I need to give this everything I possibly have and know that I gave it everything. Yeah, and if I don't. I'll feel so, I'll feel like so, that's like such crap looking back on my entire football career to say I didn't give it everything I had at the end. Exactly. And, and it totally changed my thought process to be like, like I went to every morning workout, even though I didn't have to do the, the earliest one. I said, I'm just going to, this is just going to be a semester of self-discipline and getting better uh, because I know I'm not where I want to be doing that as hard as I can. And then in the summer, so I had a really good internship with a company I still work at. So that means okay. there's a pointer um, for you for career worth. Get a good internship that you want to actually work at. Um, yeah. Because it's led to a four-year career for me. That plus, it's still going. I love, I love the company. <laughs> so had that internship. I would go. I'd wake up at 5 a.m. every day in the summer. Go to the gym. And it's the, it was the Experience Fitness on 35E uh, and 96 or something. The one in like Badness. Oh, okay. The one in bed. Oh yeah. 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 Go there. And then there was a Panera next to it. Get breakfast there. And like, just get the highest protein thing I could think of protein shake with it. Then go to the office in Woodbury, work eight hours for in the internship. Um, and then a lot of days go back then to the high school and like do agility stuff with, with Michael Diggins or throw with my brother. And then, or like weekend mornings, like, go work out with um, my brother and like, I think you might've been there a couple days actually, but like Jordan Ewing's like the guys that he, that Ryan threw to oh, like yeah. a big like session. Yeah. Um, and do that. I did that all summer and my, my workout. So I went, I told you I went from receiver to tight end junior yeah. year undersized, maybe like two ten, which is probably what you are, but for, yeah. for D3 tight a, end. I was two ten, not quite anymore though. Yeah. So for D3 tight end, it's not, not terrible. But then okay. I knew I was small, so the whole workout was just get bigger. It was like four to, four to eight reps at the most, heavy, heavy weight, eat Chipotle like three, four days a week just for the calories, get bigger. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then I come back and it's like check-in day and I'm walking in with a buddy of mine who like kind of looks like me, like taller, like, you know, dark, dark hair. Um, mm-hmm. and my weightlifting coach, I walk up and he's like, Meanie, is that you? I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> he's like, I thought you were Mensing's older brother. <laughs> Cause I just like, I just like filled out that much more. And that kid was a, that guy was a quarterback. So he didn't have yeah. to fill out, but like I just feel that that much more, and then that set me so much that gave me a really good start um, to start the whole year again, and and actually be able to play tight end, like actually block DNs, you know, like yeah. And it felt really good, and it, and sadly my my I the week before our playoff our first playoff game that year I tore my ACL. So oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Is... Practice. Yeah. So that's how my career ended, but. I, I feel good and I feel content that I gave it everything I had in that off season and into the season to just like study everything, watch a lot of film, be the best player that I could be with right. the, the skills that I could, you know, do in that short time. Yeah. That is a crappy way to go out for sure. But you know, it doesn't hurt as bad once you know, you did everything, you did everything you could and it is football. That's what happens. Yeah. It was non-contact. So. It was a, it was a bummer. It was, I was running like an out route kind of, and mm-hmm. I caught the ball. It was just in Skelly. Like, caught the ball. The guy was kind of, like, near me, maybe touching me, but he wasn't on me. Caught it, and I went to plant with my right foot. I was going to the right. Plant with my right foot and turn up field, and it just, like, snapped. Oh, and I don't know why. Like, I've made that cut so many times, and I have the, I have the footage of it, and it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the ACL. Dude, it's like, it's like a grenade went off in your knee. Did you, like, could you hear it, like, out loud? Yeah, I heard it, but I, like, denied it. I was, like, you know, I was just swearing. I, like, slid into, like, where the defensive coordinator was, where he was coaching Uh from. And I was just – I probably said, like, 50 F-bombs in a minute. Yeah. And and he was, like, Meany, are you okay? I'm, like, get the fucking trainer. (laughs) Because, like, something's wrong. And they come over, and I'm sure – I'm sure the trainer knew on the spot that I tore my ACL, but, like, he was good. He didn't really really say it to me because I would have – broken i would have broken down right there yeah yeah um, that is just tough just like calm me down and i actually it like it, it weirdly the pain went away quickly so i walked back across the field to where like the main side was and just iced up and like got home and then and then yeah you know went through like the mri process and it was like yep yeah, it's shredded and <laughs> it's not a thing you can play with whatsoever yeah and it's your last last year so yeah and it was Shoot. like and it was like you know i'd already played 10 games I think at that time the rule was like if you if you play like less than one or less than five snaps you can you could still like redshirt or something. Right. Yeah. Those rules are super like like no one could can qualify for that. No one gets hurt within five snaps or something. Because I yeah I got hurt last year and I was looking up the rules and I was like oh yeah I did not I played yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really. I mean. Even if I would have been able to, I don't think I would have wanted to go back for a fifth year. Like I was ready to be on to like my career and yeah. whatever. Like it was just you kind had of like, rehab super hard. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Guys that other guys that were younger than me tore their ACL that year too, and they like they recovered slower than I did, and they still had to go play football. Yeah, like I did it for snowboarding and like working out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so this year I'm actually going – I'll be going back for my sixth year. Yeah. And I never thought I would make it this far, but – Yeah. 
uh, I, I kind of want to get the cool like Nebraska fans experience. That dude, that'll be insane. If okay, I'll I'll give you I'll I'll give you a promise here today. If fans are allowed at the game, I'll come to a game next year. Yeah, you'll have yeah. That'll I'll be bring, awesome. We'll bring Ryan. We'll bring everyone we can. Yeah, I can get tickets too. So, uh, or does your family have like the season tickets still? Probably. I think my uncle's okay. um, parents like had them forever. Well, yeah. If anyways, if you need tickets, I can give you tickets, and yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, to do that. Definitely get our eighty-eight jerseys on. Hell yeah. We should, we should try to find, like, a Centennial jersey because it could be kind of the same colors. Yeah, uh, I might have them in that nice. class. <laughs> did you get – were you there – did you get, like, the, the funky jerseys that Ryan got when they when he was in high school? Like, he had a camo jersey one yeah. time? Like a, yeah, like those weird camo jerseys I think we wore for, like, homecoming or something. I was so pissed off when you guys did that because yeah. all my four years it was like – so we had Watson – old Watson for two years and then Diggins for two years. Okay. And they were all like, no, like tradition. Like we have one Jersey. Like we're never going to get alternative. We're not going to get black. That's not a color. That's not a school color. We're like, Oh, it'd be so cool though. We could just like order them. No. And then you guys (laughs) get like cool digital camo and black. I'm like, what crock of shit is this? (laughs) Yeah. I remember that. Screw those guys. I remember one game we were like getting ready for Spring Lake Park and I was hurt and I think Tucker was hurt. So we were like kind of worried, like we were playing down a class, but we were like, well, we'll still have Ryan and Tyler Eichmann or whatever. So we'll be good. And then Ryan got a appendix, his appendix bursted and like, yeah, appendicitis. Yeah. Yeah. Like third period or something. <laughs> so like we had to go to that game with like none of our offense players. Yeah. We lost to Spring Lake Park. Yeah, that's about more. Yeah, Tucker was Tucker probably on his fourth ACL injury yeah. at that point. Jeez. That we were just joking. The Treadles just have bad ACLs because Tucker's torn three of them, Tessa's torn three of them, and Tatum has now torn two of them. I did not know that there was that much. <laughs> yeah, they Jeez. all tear their ACLs. Oh my god. Yeah. You remember? Did you ever come to our baseball games when Tucker was in Little League? Yeah, like, he was just like the same size he is now. Yeah, I was gonna like say that. Yeah, he had to have been like the best little league player of all time. Yeah, because he was just like he was an eighteen-year-old kid in a twelve-year-old's body. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, every every generation has those kids. Like I had those kids you played against, and it's like this guy's got this. Like, he had a better beard than I have now when he was thirteen. Yeah, like I can't compete with that. <laughs> Awesome, man. How, how long have we been going here? What does it say? Does I'm it not sure. Well, let's see. It's 531. Over an hour now. So let's, okay. let's, we can wrap this up if you have something else to do. Um, so tell some folks um, your Instagram handles. I know you don't post a ton to social, but you post, like, you post some cool your, – your team has a lot of cool media people that they get good content out. Yeah. Uh, they have so many media people. Like just like – at every practice and like even like when we're like loading the plane or like loading the bus or just walking around in the locker room there's just like three people with cameras all yeah. over, all around non-stop it's like yeah they're really talented too um but yeah my instagram's just my name levi falk uh levi underscore falk two. Oh, okay yeah but yeah i don't post a ton but i think i posted one video that they created 
Oh yeah. Um, they did like Purdue. a cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do this really cool sick. edits and stuff, and yeah, talented than what I can do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's everyone. Everyone listening, go go check him out. Go look at Nebraska football. It's really sick. Um, and tell the folks one last time. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. I was gonna say something <laughs> about like a game next year. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, Levi Falk, everyone, go check him out. Go look at Nebraska football. Um, go Big Red. Levi, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Look forward to you coming to the Nebraska game soon. Definitely, yeah. Okay, see you later, buddy. See ya.